When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and we've got lots to talk about this week as it's been the Invictus Games and we've got yet another TV interview from Prince Harry with a lot more claims about things that have happened behind closed doors at the palace. Now I'm joined as always by Russell Myers. Hi Russell, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. The sun is shining. It has been a very, very busy week. Although when is it not a busy week? Well, we had one week last week, which wasn't too busy. So that was our yeah. little holiday. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, did, I did manage to take a few days off over Easter, actually. I was sort of watching the Invictus Games from afar, spending time with family, all the wholesome stuff before the absolute madness of this of week. This week. Now, yeah. let's start by just saying, obviously, it's a very special day today because we are recording on Thursday, uh, the day that we actually go live, which is exciting. But it's the Queen's birthday. So happy birthday to the Queen. Many happy returns indeed. Uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, th- did you see the new picture? I did. It's really Queen looking cute. looking resplendent with the two ponies. I, I actually rather liked it. I thought it was great. It was, and it sparked some weird conversations in the newsroom as the difference between ponies and horses. Because everyone was saying either she's got an awful lot taller in the last couple of months, or these are very tiny horses. And then I think they confirmed kind of what they were, weren't they? And people Apparently the difference is in the legs or something like that. I... Big old pony. No idea. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I took my daughter to a farm the other day and I thought that this shows my sort of uh, equestrian or animal knowledge. Um, that are we, there were some donkeys there that were absolutely huge. And I always thought... Oh, it really? Was, ponies small, horses big, donkeys small, but... Wow, that's no, what a step aside, Attenborough. That was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these 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 two beasts were, were huge. On the left, if you're looking at the picture, we'll put it up on Instagram. I've got the, the extent of my knowledge is uh, the one is called Bybeck Nightingale on the left, and the one on the right is called Bybeck Katie. So, um, yeah. Very nice. <laughs> no, it was it. a really lovely photo. And she was wearing, obviously, that dark green, which we saw, you know, lots of people saying it was a tribute to Prince Philip because obviously that was the colour and they all wore it to the funeral and that was the colour that was really associated with him, which was mm. really lovely. And she's gone up to Sandringham for the big day, hasn't she? She has. I mean, and this is, uh, I revealed this during the week and I thought that this was a, a lovely story, actually, that it's a really poignant journey because obviously we know that she's been suffering from her... Um, mobility issues struggling to get about on certain days which is again just back to the picture I thought that was great to see her standing bolt upright with the two ponies um 
that was actually released by the Royal Windsor Horse Show, which, of course, you will be doing her utmost to attend next month. Um, yeah, but she's gone. To, she's gone to Sandringham, and uh, essentially just to be closer to uh, to Prince Philip because she'd be staying at Wood, Wood Farm, of course. Um, the big house is open to visitors from a couple of weeks ago and the gardens were open last month so there is an awful lot of activity around there but if you go to wood farm it's a lot quieter she really does enjoy being at the the cottage which is big enough to welcome guests and i understand um she'll be staying there quite privately for the first couple of days sort of taking it all in i suppose and then we'll be having a small modest tea party at the weekend with some family and friends although I don't necessarily know what family are going to go. I imagine the Cambridges might pop up for the weekend. Um, I do know that Prince Charles and Camilla are not going. They are still in Scotland after the Easter break. So um, I'm sure the Her Majesty will take a bit of time out, a bit of reflection over the last year, of course, um, because there has been an awful lot going on both in her life you know, with her various ailments and... Um, I mean, just on that point, she is doing quite well, I think. I think I've mentioned before that she's uh, she has good days and less good days. But that picture, I thought that was just taken just a couple of weeks ago. She looked, uh, she looked very well, which is great news. It's really lovely. And obviously, we know that she had perhaps a bit of an earlier birthday treat as well, in that she got to have uh, tea with her grandson, Prince Harry and Meghan, because they made that secret visit that kind of caught everyone off guard, didn't they? Yes. Well, it was only it only came out because apparently it was um, some sort of well-wishers, royal spotters spotted Harry and Meghan being driven into the confines of Windsor Castle in a in a sort of people carrier. And, uh, and then, yeah, I phoned a couple of newspapers and it all came out the next day. So, I mean... I mean, let's just take a back back seat because we've, we've we all know that Harry has had this issue with the um, with the British government. He is taking the the Home Office to court at the moment, and this uh, this long running case, which is was heard in public to begin with, then it moved into being private. We still don't know whether where it is at. All I know is that it isn't resolved. Um, and Harry had said that he didn't feel safe coming to the UK, he certainly didn't feel safe bringing his family here. And that's, of course, Meghan and the two children. So it was presumed um, by everyone, I think. I mean, I certainly I'd gone on record saying that uh, my understanding was that they weren't going to come to the UK. So they did blindside sort of everyone, although it was put in the Queen's diary um, some time ago. And then they, uh, they made an appointment to see her and pop in to see um, Prince Charles and Camilla as well, because Prince Charles was uh, hosting the Royal Maundy service that the Queen couldn't go to on Thursday. And um, some of my further reports saying that the Queen had insisted that he go and see his father before her. However, that that particular meeting was very, very short-lived, just about 15 minutes, I understand, Um very business-like, not necessarily a warmth. I mean, um, I've heard it was slightly tense, very cordial, but slightly tense. And um, one had one, one obviously did wonder about how the conversation went, not only with Charles, but then what did he speak to the Queen about? And I would have thought that that would have been closely guarded. But lo and behold, after Harry and Meghan went to the Invictus Games, which will 
let's come back to that, I suppose, because it has been uh, a roaring success as it normally is. But one would have presumed that that would have uh, those conversations would have remained private. And uh, and Harry pitches up this week speaking to um, Hoda Kotby from uh, NBC, the Today programme in uh, in the States, um, sort of telling bits and bobs about what was discussed about how he had made her laugh this absolutely extraordinary statement about how he was uh, making sure she was protected and has the right people around her um i mean i just i couldn't believe it to be honest i, I really did think that the the topics that were covered um would be quite general i suppose about how he how one would assume he would have been asked about how he felt being back in the uk he certainly avoided the question of whether he missed charles and his brother william um but you know uh, there definitely will be a big sticking point about his comments um about protecting the queen and making sure she's got the right people around her because you just look at the evidence that he was the one to uh to leave his royal duties behind um leave the uk behind and, and pitch up five thousand miles away in california and i think it's a really bizarre statement to have made and certainly um i think those senior roles, certainly including Charles and William, will be very perturbed by it and uh, and wondering what on earth he means. It's a real shame, actually, that um, Hoda Kotb didn't follow up because she's a very seasoned, established veteran journalist. And one would have presumed the follow-up question is, well, what do you mean? Yeah, from by... who? Yeah. Precisely. Yeah, prote- exactly that. Protected from who? You know, the right people around her. What do you, What do you mean by that? I mean, the Queen's loyal staff who have been there for absolute decades are well respected well liked by both her majesty and the people uh, around her does he mean the, the the family is it a barbed comment at prince andrew who we know has been very very um close to the queen in recent in recent weeks certainly at the uh at the memorial service as well he was putting himself front and center like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago um or is it a barbed statement at charles and william and and certainly i don't think he should have been allowed to get off the hook because i, I kind of think well i you know what i haven't made up my mind about whether he mistakenly said it and his you know harry's stream of consciousness sometimes and i don't think he really knows what he's saying sometimes but or was it a calculated comment um that really should have had uh had more appreciation for and uh and been challenged um i i still haven't made my mind up on that to be honest it's an interesting one because i do think with interviews like this that he must go into it thinking right I need, you know, I want to talk about Invictus. I want to talk about this, but you know, he knew people were going to ask him about the Queen visit. So does he sit there and go, right? I'll, I'll mention this little detail. I'll mention this, but I'll keep these bits private. You know, do, does he? You know, surely you've got to go in if you know you're going to be asked that to think which bits am I willing to share and which bits aren't I? And it just, it was such a strange phrase to use. It was released obviously in the trailer clip, so we got it the night before the actual you know the full clip dropped but it just it felt like such an unusual thing to say and like I said it was it was the talking point from it because I just had no idea what he meant and by not explaining it and by there not being that follow-up question of from who it felt like it just it yeah I, I think you you described it as really insulting didn't you I think I did yeah I, I, I do think it's insulting I th- because you look at the evidence and Charles and William um have been left picking up the pieces from the, the absolute 
destruction that was left behind a couple of years ago when they decided to leave. There was the big fallout, Sandringham Summit. Um, you know, the Queen has had her own health ailments. Uh, Duke of Edinburgh has passed away. There's been an awful lot of things that have been happening. I mean, just the, the, the continued fallout um, over the Oprah Winfrey interview, the potential bullying investigation that is still ongoing, potentially going to be whitewashed. I saw some reports during the week that there was uh, some real fears within the palace as to whether that would actually get off the ground properly. Yeah, these are things that, that Charles and William are dealing with on a daily basis. And the issue and the issue at hand is Harry just sort of waltzes in, makes a couple of bombshell statements, sees the Queen, says, oh, yeah, I, I'm the one who's back here making sure that she's protected and having the right people around her. These, these aren't, you can't take these statements lightly because let's not beat around the bush. He was the one who decided, um, for better or worse, I, th- I think he- hearing the other part of the interview about how he feels very much at home in the United States, um, l- speaking about loving being a dad. I mean, that's when I felt that he really came alive. You saw sort of a light go off, go on with him. And, um, and he, he seemed to be really enjoying himself talking about his new life, being a dad, um, very emotionally speaking about Diana, uh, her presence, him feeling her presence more over the last couple of years than he has before and saying, yeah, she's, she seems to have helped my brother out. He's got his kids. I've now got mine. You know, we're very, it, that reinforced the very fact for me that they were on very, very different paths. And I mean, if there was any chance of sort of really reckon conciliation um i think it's got a whole lot wider that gulf between them over these comments because i do think that the the senior royals will will find them frankly ludicrous and insulting and um and probably really hope hoped that harry had just stuck to stuck to the game plan i suppose of not really saying very much and potentially saying you know, um, it's a private conversation. But you know what? We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Is there... He, he, I mean, some people talk about invisible contracts, which I think is ludicrous most of the time anyway, because most journalists report, report without fear or favour. However, they're in a very, very different world. They've got to promote the Netflix shows, uh, the, the the Spotify shows, this new archetype spot um, podcast. And is there, is there a little bit of... The questions were pre-planned. They knew what was going to be asked. I mean, I don't think anybody else would would, would carry out a broadcast interview like that. But maybe the American media are quite different. Um, there's an, there's an awful lot more questions from this interview than there are answers, unfortunately. Well, I'll admit, I was quite surprised by how much detail came out of it, because obviously this, so Harry did an interview with the one show in the UK and then did this one as well. And I thought it was all going to be Invictus led I thought it would be completely promoting that I thought there might be I was predicting there to be something you know like maybe talking about Megan we love this and him saying something like I can't wait to bring Archie and Lilibet here when they get older I thought that maybe he would have just ignored questions about the meeting with the Queen or it would have been agreed that they wouldn't have been asked or I just wasn't expecting this to come up because it was an opportunity to promote this amazing incredible event that he's obviously so passionate about. And there's so many good stories to come. I think there were the second chunk of it that aired on the uh, on the channel was more focused on that. And he was there with a competitor. But it, it 
I've not seen about you, but I've not seen one headline about that, and I couldn't. I've watched both of them, and it wasn't any. It was focused, and it does feel like it. He had a really good opportunity to promote this, and that would have got the headlines. But by giving all these details about the Queen, has he over? Has he? Has he lost an opportunity to promote his project by giving? Well, he has. I mean, listen, the the, the BBC one show interview was completely lightweight. They didn't ask him any. They asked him one question at the end, which was he totally dodged. And it was something. I think it was a. You know, was it good to be back and see the Queen? I don't even think it was that detail. But um, listen, we don't. We don't know. You know, Harry's mind, as in what his purpose is of that interview does does he does he want to set the cat amongst the pigeons did does he think well this is the way that we stay relevant obviously there's they need it's an argument isn't it do they need them to be themselves to be talked about um they certainly need to stay in the public eye to remain relevant is this all they've got at the moment because I, i i do feel personally that it was a wasted opportunity it could have been all about invictus the other argument is that there had been quite a bit of coverage over the over the Easter weekend about Invictus, and um, and yeah, I, I don't know would it have been picked up? I don't. The one show interview wasn't picked up, which is a re- really sad because there's some really decent stories that came out of it. But what are we all talking about now? I mean, on the Queen's birthday as well, which I think was particularly uh, troublesome, shall we say, because the rest of the family would just have their heads in their hands about this. And there's certainly um, the palaces were not saying anything officially yesterday, but people I'd spoken to were just absolutely dumbfounded by, uh, by what had gone on. But, you know, not to, not to be, um, it's not unexpected, is it? Unfortunately. That's true. Actually. I hadn't thought about that, but the day that it, the fact that obviously doing that interview yesterday meant that it would have been, and it is on the front of all the papers. And I'm assuming that he could have probably had quite a lot of flexibility with when they did it, because I'm sure if he said to the American news channel, I'll give you a sit down interview as the star of the Invictus games that everyone wants to speak to at the moment, but I don't want to do it until the day after. I can't imagine they would have been that, you know, oh no, well, we don't want it now, can they? Surely he had quite a bit of freedom with it. And you mentioned earlier the Diana comments which I thought were really interesting and I don't know about you but I read very much as him saying that Diana would have approved of Meghan and Harry's decision to leave the UK and set up a new line and and he kind of spoke about the Cambridge kids as well didn't he He said um he said he feels her presence more than I've got it here actually uh her presence is constant it has been over it has been over the last two years more so than ever before it's almost like she's done her bit with my brother and now she's very much helping me she's got him set up and now she's helping me set up and that's what it feels like he's got his kids I've got my kids the circumstances are very different which didn't about you but it really felt to me like he was saying Diana would approve of this and Diana's happy which I think we've all kind of known before but I can't remember him directly saying it before yeah, I mean, it's 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 another thing to bring his brother into it. I mean, it, to pull back to the fact that he dodged a question um, from Hoda about the uh, whether he misses Charles and William, so he dodges that. But then he brings William's children into uh, into a conversation about about Diana. Um, I just felt, I mean, yeah, it, it did it did feel at stages really disjointed. I saw earlier someone had broken down the interview. It was eleven minutes long. 
Um, and something like eight minutes of eight and a half minutes were just him talking about his personal relationships or his battles or the queen or his, his, his family life and only less than two minutes used on um, on the Invictus Games. Um, which, I mean, to his credit, by by dodging the question about Charles and William, he was saying, you know, I'm here, I'm doing the, the job and making sure I can give 120%, he said, uh, to make sure everyone else is is having the best games that they can. Um, yeah, listen, if he says anything about his family, he knows it is going to be picked up, which is why I thought that there was a, well, one point in the interview where he said something about... Um, America being his home, and he said, "Well, of course that that will be picked up now, and that will be it will become a thing." Well, I mean, I think that was the least of his worries from this interview because of these extraordinary statements about the Queen. So, um, was it planned? Was it? I, I, it didn't seem like it. It uh, it seemed like a stream of consciousness at some points. Um, and will he regret it? I mean. Potentially, yes, because the issue is how can he now come back to, to, to the Platinum Jubilee celebrations, standing alongside his family that they are no, you know, constantly ripping into. Um, it just seems a bit of a bizarre tact if you wanted to just sort of get on with your life and repair uh, the the old wounds that are still festering. I, d- I don't see how that can come i mean i i had been told prior to him saying that at the interview that they were still undecided about whether they would come to the jubilee so it isn't it isn't off the cards and um i think it's very interesting um so i I, watch this watch this space at the moment with with the platinum jubilee because i think there's more to meets the eye it's really interesting. It's one of those ones that's really divided lots of people. I think I personally really hope they come back for it. I think it would be, you know, it's such an important occasion. I think it'd be lovely to have them there and it would be lovely to see them on the balcony. But I know lots of people, lots of our colleagues and lots of friends and other people I've spoken to are just don't think he should be given that opportunity. Mm. And it's one of those subjects of it's it's really divided people and it's really interesting, but I'm really can't wait to see what happens with it. Well, do you know what? It's, it's not divided the population it's divided the family because no doubt that the queen will want him there. Mm. She will want them to repair um, whatever relations they can. And I think that this, this interview has gone a long way to, to making sure that those, um, yeah, the, 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 those relationships are still very sour. Um I I'm in the I'm in the midst of writing a story actually that I will will, will publish tomorrow. So maybe check back and see because it's an update on uh, on all of this. So can't necessarily it, it, reveal I was it say, now. Yeah, it will be. Don't <laughs> don't spoil yeah, anything. A, there, We're getting all sorts of trouble. To, there is more to play at this. Okay, and so there it was quite interesting how again he mentioned security. We know he's got this court case ongoing. Um, quite interesting that they came over to the UK just separately. Would they bring the children? Um, I don't know. I I personally think that Harry and Meghan want to have that moment with the rest of the royal family. How Yeah, how nice would that be to have both of them with the kids? And in my mind, if it doesn't happen now, I can't imagine, this is, the Jubilee is one of those weird ones. If it is technically a working event, but it's a family celebration. It's that weird one that sits in the middle of, you know, obviously with the Prince Philip Memorial, that was a family thing, which is why Andrew was there. This is one that sits in between the two. And I just think if it doesn't happen for this, I can't, you know, they're not going to come back for a, for a random trooping the colour in four mm, years' time. Mm. And for me, this feels like a, 
a moment to to get that picture which they may never get again and well, I really the other thing is it, it, it suits the brand doesn't it because brand sussex kind of when i I, def- <laughs> I i think this is right because i think that um that they who matter by them still arguing that they wanted to leave the royal family it suits their purpose brand wise yeah, and I'm certainly not the only person who thinks this. Um, suits their purpose to be seen with the Queen, to be seen to still be royal. Um, they can argue that 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 I mean, Meghan was saying this is service, and that uh, that was seen as a barbed comment again to the rest of the royal family. But I think they benefit from having that association because, on a global scale. Um, by seem to still be doing their own thing, but having an association with the royal family gives them a lot of uh, credence. But I think there's um, there are the, the relations are pretty much rock bottom at the moment. Let's talk about some of the nicer things we got from the interview, though. Before we move on, there was there were really cute updates on Archie and Lilibet saying that they're running around running around the house together. I say house massive lovely mansion um <laughs> which is good archie keeps interrupting all their zoom calls which i think is something very relatable obviously that everyone knows mm. and saying that archie's inherited some of harry's cheekiness which i thought was really cute well i'm sure again i thought that was really poignant the, the fact that he came alive when he was speaking about his children and saying you know i've always wanted to be a dad i've always wanted to have kids of my own i feel very um he, he seemed just very very happy and content he'd kind of get the rest of the interview was him like sort of battling against himself and it just maybe he should just shouldn't have gone there well he definitely shouldn't have gone there if he didn't want this fallout because he could have used it as a real big um moment to talk about the games and talk about family life and to talk and to to give a positive message that if you are for instance if you're not feeling in a good place then sometimes it's good for you to pull yourself out of those situations um i mean he said it before which he was slightly ridiculed perhaps unfairly because um he was saying if you know if you're in a bad job i think it was last year he was saying if you're in a bad job change your circumstances be bold enough to do that and he could have said you know i i took a big risk by doing this i know i have annoyed a lot of people but i did it for my own well-being and the well-being of my family and they are my number one priority and who could argue with that i mean that is that would have been absolutely irrefutable. So, yeah, that's um, really true. And as you said, all the nice, positive, lovely, happy detail about their new life in America no, and Archie, that would have made the headlines that they, yeah. if that's what they did want, they could have had best of both. But yeah, it was like, as you said, it was completely the same. He just changed completely when we started talking about the kids, which was really nice. But speaking about overshadowing the Invictus Games, I obviously don't want to do that because it's been an absolutely fantastic event, hasn't it? It always mm, is, yeah, but it's it's felt this year it's felt bigger. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been to I went to the one in Sydney. I've speaking to colleagues who have been to quite a few of them, and um, I think the, the the general gist is that it does get better and better each year. I think the part I did like about um, Harry's interview with the BBC is that he said that he thought he was only going to set it up for two or three years and it would have been something that they could have done and then parked it. So that was a really good initiative. And how it has just got bigger and bigger. And certainly when he was speaking to uh, speaking about some of the UK and the US teams who had been um, you know, really affected, I think he was his inspiration was from the Warrior Games and he set up Invictus. And because of the conflicts sort of raging in Afghanistan and Iraq and, and, and elsewhere in, in the region, that there was a real need to tap into that 
um, uh, tap into that market, I suppose, to really help those injured servicemen and women to give them positive steps to really achieve something that they had possibly felt that they couldn't having been injured or having left conflict zones. And now with the conflict in Ukraine, which Harry mentioned, he's saying, well, it's it's the, the baton has almost passed. There are other European nations who, who desperately need this initiative and it will run as long as it is needed. And I think you've, you've got a huge, huge showing from um, competitors all around the world. And just shout out to the Ukraine team who managed to get there as well. I think there was real, some really, really poignant moments, as there always is. And um, and I, I I did catch some of it because it was live on the BBC and I've obviously have been following it very closely. And uh, I think the ge- the general feeling is what a, a fantastic event once again. What I love about Invictus as well, and it's the message they always seem to push, is it's the Invictus family. So as well as the sporting side, which you have with obviously the Olympics and the Commonwealth Games and all the other big things we have going on, they really do this family side, don't they? So there's the receptions with all the rel- you know, it's not just the wheelchair basketball player it's also his wife and his two children all come and we saw that because Megan went to the uh story time didn't she with loads of the competitors kids which was lovely um and she was seen you know sitting on the floor with a kid on her lap so I I didn't I meant to check this out actually because I saw some reports saying that she was going to read the bench did that happen oh I don't know I mean, answers a postcard because I, th- I thought that was... It wasn't in the picture. The stills I've seen from it, that wasn't what she was reading. No, maybe um, someone was being a bit mischievous yeah. by saying that she was going to read it. I think that, that's probably what happened. I feel that would have... Maybe we've, if we have, we've missed something quite big there and I feel we probably shouldn't admit it. <laughs> we might have to get down to do a last-minute edit so we look like we know. Um, <laughs> but it's... Yeah, but it was it was really cute. There's that family side of it. She was also doing some arts and crafts, wasn't she? She was writing piece on a paint, you know, doing some painting and writing piece on flags. So it's upside that whole, down flags, upside down flags. And yeah, there's that whole other side of it, which I think is really lovely. And obviously, during his, they both spoke during the opening ceremony, and they both spoke about the Invictus family. And I remember when Megan spoke at was it the Sydney Games where she spoke about how she felt she'd been really welcomed into the family. That was at the closing ceremony. Yeah, it was a fantastic speech. I mean, yeah. listen, I always give her a due. She's a fantastic orator. Oh, she really she holds is. she holds a room or a stadium wherever she's speaking. Um, I think he's got he's got a lot better. In the past few years, he's obviously had some coaching from uh, from the misses, and um, he he always speaks very very passionately about it. It's a uh, it's I don't think it took away from it totally. It's just a bit of a side show um, to the main event, and then we're we're going to be talking about this for days, and then the speculation will be whether they are going to come over to the UK. They've also the backdrop of this uh, long running court case, which definitely isn't settled yet. So. It's. Um, I think we're going to be talking about this for quite a while to come, to be honest. It is, it is really interesting, especially the Jubilee stuff. I might put something on Instagram, actually, because I'd love to know what all the listeners think about whether they would like to see them there and if they think they should be invited onto the Buckingham Palace balcony, because that is the big, the big kind of conversation at the moment. And I know what we're all discussing. Now, some people who unfortunately didn't get a chance to see Meghan and Harry uh, were the Cambridges, but they, had, they were doing quite, something quite fun instead, weren't they? Well, you say, unfortunately, I suppose. With, uh, we, we, oh, they would we have loved to see Uncle Harry. They must I'm have, sure, you know, I'm sure, sure the, the kids children. would have. 
would have, have taught. Yeah, well, they were uh, over skiing. I mean, there was a lot made of whether it was sort of a convenient truth that they were out of the country and then they sort of swing in and see the Queen and Charles. Um, but they did come back because they had to attend the Easter Sunday service. The, the Queen couldn't go again, we were told, due to her comfort. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that that that, that the palace are essentially saying that if she um, she shouldn't be expected at any major public events now, they she will make a decision on the day whether she attends. So that is the sort of de facto point where that that Her Majesty will not be at public events from now on. So that really does make you think about how much she will have to sort of summon the strength to to make certain events. Um, and with Charles doing the Maundy service uh, on the Thursday, it was up to the Cambridges to, to sort of represent the, the Queen. And I think you'll see this passing of the baton, Charles and Camilla stepping in for the Queen um, more and more and more. Well, permanently now, I suppose, with, with the Cambridges. They are the two main players um, who will be representing the Crown. Um, but we did see Eugenie, Zara, Tind the, we saw the Tyndalls, uh, the Wessexes were there. Um, a beautiful, beautiful Easter Sunday at Windsor and elsewhere. And um, and no doubt some of the family will be joining the Queen at Sandringham over the weekend to, to wish her a happy, happy birthday. And George and Charlotte were at Easter as well, their Easter debut, if that's a if that's a thing. If that is a thing, yeah. Well, you've, you've just made it. Thing, yeah. <laughs> Which is cute, again, in all the matching blue, because we know that well, Kate loves to match. Sorry for George wearing a suit. I mean... To go to church, I think it's... The football I still is still the level. The but to go, to, yeah, to, go no. to church on a Sunday, I think it's fine. But question, why? where's Louis's invite? I know that he is younger. Obviously, he turns four on Saturday. But we, the, George and Charlotte were going to church when they were younger than that. I remember they did the... Um, not the royal service, but when they, they went and met the Middletons for Christmas, didn't they? Because there was mm, a picture of mm. him with his candy cane. Well, he must maybe have been he's that just age. A, maybe he is just raucous. Yeah. <laughs> running around the place. <laughs> I think they've said that before, though, haven't they? That they're all they're all very different children, and certainly Louis is a bit more boisterous. So maybe they, <laughs> maybe they can't trust him down to trust him to sit down for for, for long enough. That's true. Um, I it, suppose it, also it, your hands as well. If they yeah. they've got quite a good thing at the moment where they take like one each, don't they? Yeah, exactly. I suppose three is quite quite the handful to be honest. Yeah, just you can just imagine Louis running out, yeah, letting go of a hand and running off to see people, which would be lovely. But it well, just nice on that just him. on that point about you know the Queen planning to to get to events. It, I, uh, interestingly enough, um, I was invited to Epsom Racecourse, which is one Ooh. of the the world's biggest um, events on the Epsom Derby, which runs every year. And then the story today, actually, about how the the the, the Buckingham, Buckingham Palace and the racehorsing chiefs at Epsom and of part of the Jockey Club are doing everything possible. There is a military-style operation in place at the moment in order to give Her Majesty the best possible chance of making the Epsom Derby. And of course, um, as you saw with the picture released by the Royal Windsor Hall show. And uh, we we know that she is super super into to animals, especially horses. Um, she'll be visiting the royal stud at Sandringham over the course of the weekend. I'm told, and it's really hoped that she gets the chance to make it because she loves going to the Derby. It's the first year in a couple of years it is back properly. They shut it down in 2020. Um, uh, behind it was ran behind closed doors. Then it was had a very small gathering of about 4,000 people last year. And they're normally about 
40,000 people within the concourse up to 70,000 people all around the course. So um, definitely they do want her to be there because it's a huge celebration for, for her Platinum Jubilee. There's going to be a big guard of honour taking place. Um, 30 or 40 jockeys past and present who have ridden for Her Majesty all wearing her red, gold and purple silks. Um, there will also be the main Queen stand renamed the Queen Elizabeth II stand permanently in her honour. And I think that it, it will probably be the best chance of pe- for, for the general public to see Her Majesty within that whole weekend because obviously um if she does go to trooping she'll she'll be in a, the, the car i imagine sort of just driving past um she may or may not go to the st paul's cathedral service she definitely won't go to the concert so then you've got the derby which is oh, on the you don't seventh. think she'll be at the concert you don't I think can't she'll imagine be, she'll she didn't be seem to rocking love out Gary to George's one. yeah <laughs> you, you never know <laughs> Well, maybe she's a secret fan. You never, you I never reckon know. the Queen maybe. likes George Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know who George Ezra was until this week. So oh, that yes, tells you, you must have done. <laughs> well, uh, may, maybe I've heard one or two of yeah. the songs. Anyway, so I think that it's 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 definitely tells you about that the Queen really needs to sort of psych herself up for these big events, and um, it will be quite a relentless schedule in that June weekend. So, um, will she do one event a day? I think that's quite pushing it, to be honest. But um, the one that you will definitely want to go to, I imagine, well, mate, one of two will be trooping and definitely Epsom because she's never had a winner in the Derby and it is considered the greatest flat race in the world. So, um, yeah, that was really interesting about how they're, they're, they're trying to pull out all the stops to make sure she gets there. I really hope she can because that's one of those things that obviously means a lot on a royal point from her and a queen, but that's mm. got that personal side as well, hasn't it, to see to totally. see that run as well. Now, we've got another royal tour kicking off tomorrow. Sophie and Edward are heading off to the Caribbean again. And it, it obviously, the Cambridge's trip was a bit of a controversial one, I think, putting it politely. Mm. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they've announced that... Um, Grenada has sort of pulled out, it would seem, that uh, as part of consultations, I mean, it was a bit of a wordy statement, sort of guidance from the palace to say that um, that in consultation with the host countries, um, that they had been decided that Grenada wouldn't go ahead with the part of the tour. Now, the royals are, uh, are set to visit Antigua and Barbuda, Worst place to go, Grenada, St. Lucia and St. Vincent and the Grenadines from April 22nd, which is on Friday to the 28th. When is that? The the following Thursday, I think. So um, interesting. It says that we're no longer visit the country following a consultation with the government of Grenada and advice of the governor general. Well, one may wonder what that means, because just sort of speaking figuratively, it's it's all about... um, getting on the ground, celebrating those countries, celebrating the association with the Queen and the Commonwealth and the monarchy. Did the host country feel that that wasn't appropriate? Is there any other fallout from the Cambridge's tour that, um, you know, we discussed at length about the, 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 the pros and cons of what happened on that tour? I think there will obviously have been some lessons learned in that sense. I don't think I'm not making the correlation. I'm just saying it's very interesting that it, it hasn't come out yet as to what what um, what the reasons were. But surely uh, the fact that it's been postponed as part of the big Jubilee tour, I can't see that the Wessex is 
or any of the other royals would just make one trip out to Grenada and wouldn't tag it on as part of a bigger tour. And these tours are very far and few between. So there's definitely something that has gone on behind the scenes. We don't necessarily know what at the moment, but I think um, no doubt we'll be hearing some things over the coming days. I, I will be uh, listening intently and, um, and trying to find out what it is in the meantime. And it'll be interesting to see Sophie and Edward doing such a big tour. Obviously, we know that they've kind of stepped up, obviously, since Prince Andrew and the Sussexes have kind of left the the senior royal gang, if you will. So it's nice mm. to see them really. And obviously, Sophie's done so well in terms of popularity in the last 24 months. So it'd be nice to see her with such a big, you know, a big project. Yeah, I mean, people always say that, that she's she's relentless and, and I def- she definitely is. A lot of things that she does goes totally under the radar because I have this argument all the time about the, 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 the royal journalists can't cover them all. You know, there, is there the, the, the space for them? Um, but whenever you do see her speak, I mean, she did something very, very kindly with the Daily Mirror about our online um, hate campaign looking at the changing the law into online abuse she's very very um, knowledgeable on on that because of her, her patronages with um with charities working in the sector so the issue the issue is um will this now get the attention it deserves i mean i don't know necessarily that there'll be a big pack of journalists going and the fact that this is now you know, changing the tour schedule right at the very, very last minute seems some, there's something that has gone on. But um, yeah, very, very interesting, to be honest. Now, possibly one of the things I never expected to discuss on this podcast, which is actually a request from editor Dan, because he said we had to have it in. Barbie. And not well, just Barbie, a queen Barbie. A queen Barbie. I mean, I have managed to get my hands on one of these. I put wow. it on my Instagram <laughs> earlier. Now, this year, in celebration of the Queen's historic platinum jubilee, as we all know, lots of celebrations coming um, to to to, uh, to a town near you. Hopefully, with people in their their street parties. But Barbie, the Barbie brand, run by Mattel, is recognising Her Majesty the Queen's Elizabeth II's tr- with a tribute of the Barbie doll made in her likeness. Um, just give you some facts and figures. I'm sure you all want them. The Queen Elizabeth II Barbie doll is dressed in an ivory gown and a blue ribbon adorned with decorations of order. The tiara is based upon Queen Mary's fringe tiara, famously worn by the Queen on her wedding day. And miniature medallions on ribbons are inspired by the royal family's orders. The pink ribbon was given to her by the uh, given to the Queen. Sorry, by the uh, her father. King George VI and the pale blue by her grandfather, George V. The doll, which I still have in the box, because obviously it will be a collector's item, <laughs> got to be very careful about handling it, um, is presented in a box inspired by the throne room in Buckingham Palace. It's also printed with a crest-shaped logo with a badge commemorating the 70th anniversary of the Queen's accession to the throne. Now, these are very, very... Um, hot in demand and i've got myself i mean how much do you think they were well i think i know this and i actually loudly said how much (laughs) very much the style of my grandparents to everyone turn around i was shocked it's it's, it's 95 quid isn't it 94.99 nearly a hundred of your pounds which is what 130 dollars i mean good gosh well 
I won't yeah, be sticking keep it, it on in that eBay. Box, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to keep it as a collector's edition. That but could be your retirement events, fund there. <laughs> you never know, yeah. <laughs> there is a, there's going to be a limited editions available or limited amount available on Amazon uh, and John Lewis and also Harrods, Hamleys and Selfridges stores in London. So... I have got the first one. I wonder if there's a number on it. That would have been <laughs> oh, better. Oh yeah, you can be like when people have the original Harry Potter books one of and one. buy a house exactly. with them. You can yeah. you so. can be that. So yeah, that's really exciting. It's you know what? I it's the the outfit is amazing, but I think the eyes are really quite good as well actually. I it looks a lot more like the people than some of the other ones I've seen. I remember that I think it was the One Direction ones which looked absolutely dreadful. Well, people are saying this looks like Helen Mirren. I I wouldn't disagree with that, to be honest. I'll put a picture up later. Check it out on my Instagram. Or we'll do it on Podsave. Um, Just a quick shout out to the Cambridges because they were out and about today. They were at the Disasters Emergency Committee um, sort of centre in London. And not only sort of hailing the generosity of Brits because we have collectively raised 285 million. Oh no, gosh, wow. there's new figures in. It has now reached more than 300 million pounds, uh, which Duke and Duchess of Cambridge described as inspiring to, um, you know, as the appeal helping those impacted by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And as part of the DEC headquarters, they were learning not only what's going on with that that appeal, but speaking to aid workers out and about on the ground. So they held a Zoom call with uh, with aid workers on the ground and also speaking to those recently come back from Ukraine and obviously then the the, uh, the neighbouring countries in Europe who are helping. I mean, gosh, was working relentlessly to, to try and help all the millions of people who have been forced from their homes. So um, very interesting visit we'll be covering that later on the website no doubt and you can check it all out at um at the, our, our instagrams and on the website and there are some other in- interesting engagements coming up this week the one that really stood out for me was i know you've told us several times about your kind of thing you know it's going to be more of this royals teaming up and different royals going to events together oh, yeah. princess anne and the duchess of cambridge was a combo i wasn't expecting to see yes um, you can talk about this because I, I only saw this briefly flash up into my inbox before I ran into a meeting. So, yeah, it's like, like you know, the, the event itself is an interesting one. It's, um, you know, kind of on the uh, midwifery side of it that they're both involved in. But it's just interesting to see and really nice to see those two together because we don't really, I can't recall a time we've ever seen them together. No, well, I'm sure well, there must have been. Maybe it is a first. I'll check it out. I'll check it out for you next week. But I, I, I mean, I've, you're right. I had said this for quite a while that there would be a lot more collaboration ongoing between them because there, uh, well, there not only has to be, but I think in the wake of the the the, the Sussexes leaving, they really did want to batten down the hatches and help each other, especially after coronavirus. And it was really from the from the very top, the Queen was saying, you know, you do really need to work together. That is what the monarchy is about, helping each other, helping each other you know, pre- present and publicise your, your causes, because that is the only way that they're going to survive. And it is, I've just had a quick look, it is their first engagement. Obviously, they've done big family events before, they've there done Jumping of the Colour, but it is their first engagement. And they are doing it because so it's two... Uh, two midwife organisations uh, and they're so Princess Anne is patron of the Royal College of Midwives and Kate is a patron of the Royal College of 
obstetricians and gynecologists so uh, yeah it's that clever way of bringing both of the organizations together um, and yeah, which definitely. I think is so good and I'm interested to see that one I'm interested to see how they get on well obviously they get on but you know how they kind of interact and yeah, how they definitely. work together and is there anything else coming up Nothing I can tell you about. Um, actually, no, the Duchess oh, of Cornwall is yes. going to uh, the National Theatre, and that is the first time she's going to be at that, uh, that organisation since taking over from Meghan. Of course, she was the, one of the first ones to be given one of the patronages, which is um, interesting on the back of Kate taking uh, Prince Harry's rugby patronages. So, um, yeah, lots to look forward to. It'd be exciting. Never a dull week at the moment. Exactly. It's all fun. Lovely. Right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Russell. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. As always, we're on social media at Pod Save. And until next time. Pod Save the Queen!